0: Nothing like morning chess pump. <laughs> Good morning. Breakfast with the broker. Uh, we're actually early, believe it or not. We're a couple minutes early. Uh, we have a really exciting guest with uh, Corcoran Group, uh, Stephen Presson, uh, the uh, luxury realtor uh, extraordinaire. That's what we wow, call geez. you. <laughs> First time I've been called
1: that. Call that but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it.
0: I, I, you know, I gotta say, you know, obviously this is the first time we met face to face, but uh, you know, there's so much respect in our industry, and you know, there are certain people that when you ask around as far as reputation and integrity, uh, your name continually comes out with uh, the best of them. Uh, so we very much appreciate you being here yeah, and sharing. Appreciate
1: Thank you very much.
0: So luxury real estate, huh? Yeah. It's easy, right? You yeah. uh, we were talking off camera. Uh, there's no competition in luxury real estate. Um. There's. Uh. It's very easy to get into because they all. You know. Billionaires and millionaires. They. Lo- they love uh, using realtors all the time, and uh, it's. It's easy, right?
1: Yeah. No. It's I, just it's like a, that. It's, it's a, You know, when I when I first got into the business, uh, you know, I really, you know, I, I tried to take a step back, and I've always. I kind of had a, a business perspective, and I think most people, when they when they look at getting into a new business or venture you realize that it takes time and there's no get rich quick schemes and anything in life. And you look at buying a business, you know, it takes years of planning, developing and implementing. And, you know, so when I looked at getting into the luxury real estate business, you know, I really tried to attack it with a business plan and, uh, you know, to tie into what you just said, you know, I've tried to build my business on, on, on relationships and I've always said, you know, transactions ultimately are how we make our living, but building relationships, you know, doing those kind of things, you're building a long-term sustainable business model that will uh, be successful, successful in anything in life. And, this, and, the, and the luxury real estate market business getting into it was, quite frankly, probably one of the, the toughest things I've ever had to do. But uh, I knew from day one uh, I had come off selling a uh, medical supply company that I did for four years or so. And uh, I could see uh, in that industry it was changing. It was It was very regulatory. And I just got tired every day of coming into the office and looking at the new regulations and rules. And I always said for the good guys in our industry who adhered to every single one of them, the business was just getting harder and harder. So I made a decision to sell a business, which I was very proud of and actually growing in the right direction. And when I finally sold the business, I wasn't really quite sure what I was gonna get into. I decided at that time, it was in 2005, the real estate market was doing extremely well. And I figured out, you know what, maybe it's not a bad idea to to get my real estate license. And I also thought that after listing my uh, business with a business broker for uh, a year or so, and getting a chance to see the business broker community, that maybe uh, I could take my same skill set and get into business brokerage. When I finally sold the business and I was ready to go, I realized to be a broker from day one uh, for for a a business company, that you needed to be a licensee for two years. So I, uh, uh, didn't see myself working for for another business broker, so I decided, you know what, why don't I get into the real estate? And then if I have a choice, you know, I kind of said, well, if you have a chance of maybe selling little homes or big homes, just maybe it's better selling the bigger ones. And I decided uh, the, fir- the first decision I made, which I think was uh, when I look back now, was probably a good decision. I said, you know what, let me find out who the luxury business- who were the luxury real estate firms. And you know, I took a look at the top five firms. I put together a media kit out about myself. I sent it out to uh, the big ones, Brown, Harris, Stevens, Corcoran, Sotheby's, a couple others, companies of which before I'd never heard of. Uh, and then the only company that called me back was, uh, was Corcoran. And uh, I met with the broker twice. And the second time he told me, he said, you know what? Uh, we normally don't hire new people in the industry, but I like you, I, I can see you have the marketing acumen. Uh, and he said to me in a kind of little funny way, he said, yeah, you know, re- you're really cool and I'm gonna take a chance on you. So, so he hired me. And when I first got in the business, I knew within the first couple weeks that this is something I, I just, I, I kind of felt like I finally found my calling in life. And, uh, you know, I tell people, you know, I have very few skills, but they all seem to work well. I love working with people. I love relationships. Uh, I love marketing. I love, to this day, I still go to every single photo shoot because I just kind of think I have a little eye of what I think buyers might be looking for. Uh, and, uh, you know, then we got we get up and running and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a great run, but it's tough. It's grind. Uh, it's never felt like work to me. It's it's very stressful, but if you go out, and you do it the right way. Uh, you know, it's a it's a, it's an opportunity. Uh, that You can you know make make a great living, build a lot of friendships, and so how did you
0: get <clears throat> your first listing? I mean, you, you're newly in the business. You're you're working for Corcoran Group, who, yeah. who's got a luxury presence, yeah. and uh, you you decide, you know what? I'm going to go so big houses rather than small mm-hmm. houses. Yeah. What was your first? Uh, but here's, here's
1: one of the first things I did, and coming into uh, the real estate business, I always had a background. I always felt like you know, using the phone was one of the most cost-effective ways in reaching different prospects for different businesses. And so the first thing I did was, believe it or not, is I ran an ad in the uh, Palm Beach Post, and it was in the telemarketing section. And I was looking ideally for a person who had some real estate experience and some phone telemarketing experience. And believe it or not, the first person who called me, I remember like it was yesterday, it was Joanne Scott. We actually met in Delray Beach for coffee. And she told me that she was in the real estate business. It was too stressful. She always liked being in the background. And she also had a lot of phone experience. And what I was looking for her to do was uh, to, to get back into building relationships and taking it a step back is I wanted her to call centers of influence, people who worked with the very fluent and luxury market, people who could be listing and selling a broker or have the clients to do so, centers of influence. So she would come, and it was kind of funny, back in the, in the day, in the Corcoran office in Palm Beach, she would come to my cubicle every day for four hours. And you can imagine that didn't really look too good in a luxury firm with a lot of big name brokers in the business and all of a sudden this new guy's coming in and he has someone making cold calls from his desk. But she would call bankers. Uh, trust and estate attorneys, CPAs, trust and estate officers. Uh, and, uh, you know, my first year, no exaggeration, I would go on, uh, in a typical week, 10 to 15 appointments, wow. uh, meeting with bankers, CPAs. I mean, I used to live in Kachina. Wow. Uh, I would have one breakfast meeting and we'd be finishing one and getting to the other, but uh, it gave me an opportunity to to really you know, after my first year, I tell people the public... Uh, you still pretty public- fit, though, no, after all those well, practices. Okay, <laughs> I, and I had to cheat a little bit, but um, what it did was, you know, after my first year in the business, uh, that was one of the things that was very effective. I wasn't really well-known in the end-user community, but in the business community, I mean, geez, I knew every trust and estate officer in Palm Beach with all the different banks, and, you know, just a quick success story... Uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the people we called, I remember, it was Bruce Parrish. He's a trust and estate attorney in uh, West Palm Beach, and uh, uh, Joanne called. And you know, Bruce didn't have time for breakfast or lunch, but he said, "You know what? Come to my office, and you know, I'll sit down and talk to him." And I remember, I got into the office. I, I probably sat for forty-five minutes. He had a million things going on. You know, finally, he had a couple minutes to uh, speak to me, and. Uh, 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 you know, I maybe had five minutes, but we, had, you know, a nice, a nice five-minute conversation. Two weeks later, he called me up, and uh, he had an estate property. The address I remember again, like uh, it was eighty fourteen Flagler Court. Uh, uh, someone had just passed away. Uh, uh, the people on the estate lived up in uh, Fort Pierce. Went up, met with them, got the listing, and you know, that was one of my first sales. It was a one point eight million dollar transaction. And you know, people to this day always ask me, they're like, Steve, you know, why would you know? other realtors have said to me why would uh, you know a trust and estate officer you know want to meet with you? you know, it's a fair question I had no name no track record you know just getting going and you know but there's a lot of people in the business community who are focused on relationships and uh, so why wouldn't and also we tried to target you know for example we noticed if there was a uh, you know one of the top law firms like Gunster and Yokely which by the way was a, a tremendous referral source for me uh, had a new attorney come in wouldn't they be interested? Wouldn't, uh, you know, Joanne would call, welcome to, to the firm, welcome to the Palm Beach. And, you know, uh, uh, and the Corcoran name, really, quite frankly, would, would open up some doors. I think if I was with a lesser firm, and we were calling those type of individuals, uh, that maybe we wouldn't have had as much success. And, uh, and it just kind of, that was just one of the things that took off, took off from there. That's and, great. Uh, 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 you know, that's it's something that most people haven't done or tried. But uh, again, it goes back to building relationships and getting in front of. And then, you know, I'd always try to take it a step further when I met when I met someone. You know, I try to think, well, who have I met with in the last couple of weeks or in the last month or two that could be a good person to introduce them to. And you know, then before you know it, it's 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 uh, you know, uh, you know, we built a little networking group together. It was very high level. We had some of the who's who in the uh, Palm Beach business community. We would get together once a month, and it was very high level. It was never you know, walking in talking about, you know, things you've done or testimonials. It was really about what's happening in the business world. How can we make ourselves better? You know, what are you seeing in the high-end insurance industry? And, you know, just trying to learn off one another and uh, it opened up a lot of doors. And to this day, I've got many relationships and friendships and uh, it's gone a long way.
0: That's amazing, you know, developing relationships, you know, even, you know, people look at it and you talk about Mm -hmm. selling big homes or selling small homes. You know it's still a relationship uh, community it's a relationship you know um, and it's not It's as you said it's not trend not just transactional I know obviously like you uh, mentioned you know it's the way we, we do business but relationships is really how we stay in the business yeah. and, uh, and and living through those uh, whether it's luxury or not um, is important so I mean when you're when you're working on your business plan because I mean obviously you came from a business background not yeah. everyone does and, you know, most agents, you know, it's funny because you ask an agent, well, what did you do before? You know, they did, you know, they did all kinds of ranges of things. They said, well, I used to be an engineer, now i a realtor, or I used to be a teacher, now I'm a realtor. You know, all these different careers. You, not everyone has a business background. What was the business plan or, you know, how often did you work on your business? Did you work on systems for your business? You know,
1: things that you're doing on a daily basis and monthly, and, and, and tracking with goals and such. You, you know, from, from day one, my business plan was I wanted to try to put myself out there in as, in as many ways as possible. And there's so many different ways you can attack it. That was one of the first things that we did. Another thing that I did was for my first two years in the business, uh, and I did this for a couple reasons. Uh, I always had a fear. I never wanted anyone to ever question or ask me how long I've been in the business. And you can overcome that by knowing your business, knowing the marketplace, uh, you know, reading, the, you know, I used to read the uh, Palm Beach real estate blog every single day. And I would just cut and paste a couple news and notes. And, you know, at the end of the year, you know, I didn't sell many transactions my first year, I didn't have a lot of experience, but I knew I could uh, rattle off statistics and trends, and, you know, even cute little things like a celebrity, uh, you know, Bon Jovi looking at homes in Palm Beach. Uh, I remember I was at a, uh, a business luncheon one day and I was with two other realtors who, afterwards, and they kind of listened to me talk and they said, oh, you've been in the business. So I said, you know, I think it was six months or eight months, and it They're like, how do you know all this stuff? And, you know, and, I, and that kind of proved to me that, uh, you know, doing the research, doing, doing those little things. Uh, but to, to answer your question, you, you know, my first year, I tried a little bit. Of, I wanted to try everything. And you find out some things that work, some things don't work. And then you find some things that you can fine tune a little bit. You know, so I did everything from direct mail, uh, you know, every month I was doing a monthly newsletter to, to my client base. And I always wanted to make, and I've always tried to do this with all my marketing, I never really wanted to make it about myself. I wanted to make it about adding value, being different, you know, things of interest, you know, uh, if there's a new tax law or, you know, something that really adds some, some value and be different. And, you know, one of the things I always tell, and I've mentored quite a few agents in the business is, you don't want to be like everyone else. And when we did that newspaper article, it was entitled uh, something along the lines of not just being another you know, realtor. And then every month we had a uh, you know a topic or conversation. And I had a ghost writer. And you know at the end of it, I was trying to build a brand. It said Stephen Preston's a you know a luxury marketing specialist with the Corcoran Group, and you know specializes. And uh, you know I can remember one day I was in the lunchroom at Corcoran. And, I remember overhearing, you know, another agent who, you know, said, "Who who is this guy? He's never sold anything." And, you know, quite frankly, he was he was right. But you know what? I was trying to build a name. I was trying to build a brand. I was I was willing to get myself out there. And uh, uh, you, you know what? Those are the kind of things you, you, you got to do. So we were doing uh, newspaper advertising. You got to run around this business. You know, one of the things too, when I when I sit down with a lot of agents, and uh, whenever there's a new agent, I know David, you're a broker here, very successful. You know, I, one of the things, I, whenever I see a new agent come into the office and I see them sitting at their desk four to five hours a day, I know it's gonna be a tough business for them because I tell people your best asset is yourself. And if you're not out there every day building relationships, adding value, you know, doing a, a video about a property uh, that, or a listing, or a neighborhood, or you know, just giving something of substance that someone could could take and say, "Wow, you know, that person, that that uh, that that agent's different," or you know, he's really trying to you know make a difference. Or uh, it's 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 just those it's just those little things. But if you're in, inside an office sitting at a desk, uh, you know, I'm probably at my office maybe three hours a week, and it's always after hours. You got to run around. You got to get out there. You know, do the open houses, networking. Uh, you know, join a networking group, Uh, you know, one of the uh, first things I did, and I got this advice from my broker, he said, uh, you know, Steve, he wanted me to join the uh, Palm Beach Rotary Club. I'd never heard of it. And uh, I ended up uh, uh, going to, I probably went to more meetings as a guest, probably than anyone in the history of (laughs) Palm Beach, because I wanted to know a little bit about it. And also, I wanted to know that it was a really good fit for me. uh, And something that I wanted to do and geez, every week I went there, I just met some of the most incredible people, uh, you know, in in Palm Beach, and people who are very well known in in, in that community, uh, and built some great friendships, and before you know it, I was a member of that club for 10 years, I was president for two years, made some amazing relationships. Uh, You know, if I had to equate it, I probably did about $15 million in business through the Rotary club, but you know what, at the end of it, it was never about that. It was about that club, the people in it, uh, I, one of the things I'm most proud of, I was head of the uh, scholarship committee. Every year we would uh, uh, give away a few few million dollars to, to local kids who were needy, and uh, uh, that was always the, the, the one day every year where I had a chance to, you'd meet kids who had some of the most heartfelt stories, who uh, by the age of 18, not only were straight A students, but had given over 2,000 hours of community service. And I'm like, geez, I'm like, you know, I'm on my last leg and I don't even think that have done fit. You know what I mean? But you're yes. just in awe, but you meet some really great people. So, uh, and, and then as a result of the Palm Beach Rotary Club, it opened up other relationships where I was asked to be on boards for other organizations. And then I just met a lot of great people where friendships flourished. And, uh, you know, so again, it goes back to putting yourself out there, putting yourself in areas where you can make a difference, something you have an interest in. If you don't have an interest, uh, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons and uh it always should be about giving back and when you give a little bit you know things always seem seem to come to you if you do it do it in a a natural way and you know another thing we did was uh uh you know we looked at all the uh, you know in our business of referral fees and uh, so i had joanne i said you know i want you to target every broker in fort lauderdale and miami with the three million dollar above listing that's currently on the market and she would call them up and see if they'd be open to having you know breakfast or you know a quick cup of coffee, which typically is what would work for them. So I probably met with 30 to 40 agents. I'd run down there, have coffee, and you know another listing. One of my first listings was uh, a, a direct intercoastal property in the uh, College Park area of Lake Worth, it was from a Douglas Elliman agent. I was with Corcoran. And we met, had coffee. We had a, a lot of similarities, a lot of common uh, ground, and before you know it. Uh, Uh, He had a relative that was ready to list the property, and boom, so, uh, you know, but again, it it was just consistently trying different things. Put yourself out there, take a chance, and, uh, you know, most importantly, go for it. You know, go for it.
0: You know, the best advice I ever got was from my mom Um, when I first got in the business, and she said, you know, and and really kind of to your point and your sentiments is, you you, you know, you can never think about the money. The money that you're making, or the money that you know that you're getting out of a networking group, or you know, out of these particular relationships, because once you equate it to money, or once you equate a person to a dollar sign, um, there is no money to be made. And you know, that advice, you know, has really taken, you know, to, just like yourself, you know, when you're looking at relationships, relationships, you know, consistently building relationships and building that sphere, building those networks is, you know, the biggest reason why you're successful and and the biggest reason why most of people are successful. Uh You know, it's really like a 90, 10 rule now. It's not even an 80, 20. It's 10% of the realtors do 90% Mm of the business. And there's a lot of realtors out there. 1.4 million uh, realtors nationally is uh, 195,000 realtors in the state of Florida. You know, that's a lot of realtors. Uh, However, you have to set yourself apart. Like you said, you got to be different. And, um, you know, just to give you, just to ask a question, kind of, why do you think that most realtors are not as successful as they want to be? Uh,
1: first of all, they don't have a business plan. Uh, they're not out there working it. They convince themselves they're doing things, they're growing their business. And, and, you know, really, you know, I kind of like always make the joke, you know, if you're sitting on your computer all day and doing a, a spreadsheet analysis of price points in different areas, there's a time and place for that. But during the day, you gotta be out running around and you gotta be meeting with people. And I always say, you know, you're your best asset, right? And if you're hiding yourself in an office, uh, you, you know, you're, not, you're gonna you're gonna have a tough time. So you gotta get out there, you gotta add, you, you gotta really put put yourself out there, you gotta run around, you gotta have to manage time. You know, here's something I share with people and I remember, it, I've heard it a couple times, especially in the beginning of my career, and I'll say it today. You know, I've been doing this for 13 years. I've never personally written a contract, ever. I've never written a lease I've never done any pay a listing agreement I haven't done it. and first of all we all have different skill sets and my skill set that I most enjoy is I love running around I love meeting I like showing properties I like meeting new clients uh, I love all that stuff that that stuff's exciting the part I don't like is if I had to sit in an office all day or a couple hours a day and I and you know what quite frankly I did try to do one listing agreement Mm-hmm. And you know, I couldn't do it. I mean, it was just like, you know, I was ready to pull my teeth out. And it was because the person who I had couldn't do it. And so one of the time management is really, really important. And especially you know, when you when you get going and, and you're growing, you're, you're running around and you got your personal stuff and kids. And, you know, there's a million things happening at once. And uh, But you, you've got to be able to, uh, you know, manage your time. And so from day one, since I've been in this business and hey, you know what, it it's part of an investment, but I knew my time is more well spent being out running around as opposed to sitting behind the desk a couple hours. So from day one, I've always had someone to be able to write contracts, listing agreements, paperwork, whatever it was, because one, I don't enjoy it, two, it would bog me down, and three, it's not the best use of my time. So I tell people in this business, I, I just sat down with a new agent last in the last couple weeks, and actually he was building a nice book of business, but I could sense he was getting frustrated. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, it came out that he didn't have an assistant or didn't have someone. And as he was growing the business, the numbers were going up, but I could tell it was wearing on him. And I told him, I said, you know, hi, you know, there's people out there you could hire on a transaction basis, which is very, very cost effective. Have them do all the paperwork. For me, it's point and click. I'm in my phone. I can send a text an email. You know, within five to ten minutes, I can email a contract that's done or contract or a listing agreement or whatever it is. And uh, so time management is really, really big. So I tell people, make the investment. I know in the beginning it's tough because every dollar matters. But you need to get yourself out there. And if you're not getting a lot of swings at the bat, that's where you can kind of fall, fall, fall uh, on I, the wayside a little you bit.
0: Know, and and I, think, I think to your point, you know, the mistake that most realtors make is that you know, the barrier of entry as far as money, a uh, financial investment, mm-hmm. is very, very minimal when you think of, you know, how much the board dues or how much, you know, these, you know, these other dues, but it really is not because people, what realtors do is they think, okay, all I have to do is sell a house and then I can invest or I can sell a house. And then what happens is you get into this rut and you go peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys instead of kind of like this. And, you know, we need to really look at how much money can you budget towards marketing, getting into the business? Because there are a lot of new agents that come in here, and you know why is it that you know I think there's never been a better time for a new agent to enter the real estate business than now, because you don't have people. I mean, I can't remember the last time someone asked me, you know, or I, I heard of an agent being asked, you know, how long you've been in the business or how many homes have you sold in that area. I mean, they'll be occasional, but very rare, because as, to your point. Knowledge, you, you know, if you know the market, are able to rattle off stats and statistics, um, you look even that much better. But you need to budget your 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 marketing and, and like as you said, you know, there are certain certain tasks that are vital to your business where you have to do them, where you can't delegate them. Uh, but paperwork isn't one of them. So uh, you know, that's a that's a great uh, great advice as well.
1: Yeah, the other thing I'll tell you is, you know, people. When, when people hire a realtor in, in this business, you know, the, the first thing I'm looking for is, you know, you gotta like the individual you're working with, but most importantly, another one thing they really want is they want trust. They wanna know that ultimately you have their best interests at heart. And if you're genuinely chasing relationships, you know, this should just be the way you go about your business. And you know, I always tell a story, and I've had this happen a few times. A couple months ago, I had a, a gentleman that I've worked with in the past. He's an investor, very well-to-do uh, man. Called me up. He wanted to meet for Panera Bread and uh, wanted to discuss something with me. And we sat down. And he had a folder right in front of him, and it was a uh, uh, he was looking to get my feedback on buying a two million dollar property, which I would be his buyer's agent, doing some renovation, and ultimately putting on the market. You know, at a you know a reasonable profit margin. And I knew the property extremely well, so. We sat down and within about 45 seconds, I told him all the reasons why that wasn't really a good buy. I knew everything about that property. I'd sold a home three doors away. It was inferior location, inferior water. It was a wood frame home. The floor plan was dysfunctional. Uh, The water wasn't really good. It was a through street. Uh, And then really the comps didn't bear it out. And you know, a lot of agents maybe might've thought, well, you know what, maybe they would've convinced themselves in that moment that, you know what, hey, $2 million transaction and then you're getting a, you, you know, I looked at it like, just like I would anything else. I used the same criteria if I was buying it or a relative, is, you know what, it didn't make sense, that wasn't. But you know what, that individual walked out that day and said, you know what, this guy's got my back. And you know what, when he has the right opportunity, you know, we'll do it, and and you know, ultimately we, we did. But it's, that's, trust is the number one thing. And if you don't have your client's best interest at heart, you can't fake it, you can't hide it. People can see it, sense it. Uh, and it just goes back to, you know, just doing it the right way and, and not wanting to be, you know, not wanting to be like, like everyone else. And when I, when I researched getting into this business, David, I talked to a lot of people before and I got mostly negatives. I've known a lot of successful people who tried. It's very cutthroat. Uh, it's not an easy business to break into. It's very expensive. The industry uh, doesn't seem to have a lot of respect. And I listened to what everything said. But then I said, you know what, here's the way I want to do it. Here's the way I want to be thought of. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna do it with integrity at the highest level. I'm gonna to try to service my clients to the best of my abilities, and I'm always gonna focus on relationships and doing, giving them everything that I know, good, bad, or indifferent. And sometimes I tell them too much, but you know what? That's that's a good thing because you want them ultimately to find what they're looking for, and you know that's what they're looking for from us. And you know, too many people just try to, you know. I, I, you don't want to be like every other realtor. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we said this when we were talking earlier. I've met a lot of great people in this business and I have a lot of great friendships. Uh, and you know what? That's, I'm very thankful for. Uh, you know, I don't even view my competitors as competitors. I view them as friends because we work together. And, you know, this business is tough enough. There's a lot of things <laughs> we control, yeah. there's things that we don't control. But, you know, having a relationship and you know, these transactions are tough and you need to be to be working together. Too often I see people kind of take a different tack and uh, you know, it's gonna catch up to them. And it's, sure. it's, it's gonna either cost them money, transactions, relationships. And, uh, but uh, there's there's a, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. But if you, if you do it the right way, there, there's a good opportunity in this business uh, to make yeah. a great living. And Listen, and, uh, sellers
0: wanna sell, buyers wanna buy. And it's your job to really put them together and, and to get them exactly what they, they want. Listen, they're not going to sell for, you know, more than what the you know the market bears. Buyer's not going to you know get th- this unbelievable, ridiculous deal. Occasionally, maybe that's the case. But it's small picture versus big picture. Make sure that uh, mm-hmm. you know you, uh, you 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 do it the right way. So that's great. <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit about uh, some disruptors. Um, we um, we'll go with the the first one is the iBuyer uh, platform. You know, um, you know, I buyers have been out there forever. They're just labeled really or rebranded as a as I buyer because it was, you know, <clears throat> the the big billboards that says, you know, we'll buy your ugly home kind yeah. of thing. You know, <laughs> the home investors and all that. Um, what do you think of the iBuyers? buyers? Um, and uh,
1: yeah, w- what's your thoughts on iBuyers? buyers? So you're talking you reference like
0: reduced commissions and those. Well, not even like, that. So, so the iBuyer um, platform is really more about convenience. So it's really investors and investor pool that um, that goes after the takes the realtor out of the transaction yeah. and goes directly to that uh, seller mm-hmm. and says, "Hey, you know, you know those relocation deals where they would yeah. basically yeah. get a relocation. Deal. So it's similar to that. Um, no, you know, we could get into reduced commissions and you know how yeah. flexible you are with commissions as well.
1: Now, here's what I would say, the, 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 you know, I always tell people it's not you know, the, the, the firm behind you. Like for example, it wouldn't matter whether I'd be at Corcoran or I could put any other business firm or brokerage company on my business card. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's it's you, the person, the individual. and. This business is very complicated, very, very complicated. You have to be able to read people, uh, uh, you know, e- inspections, you, you know, and managing that whole process. Is is you're never going to you're never going to remove people from from the equation. And if you do, it's it's going to be very shortcoming, and it's something that will ultimately fail because there's so many times, you know, we as a as a, as a realtor, you got to play a lot of different roles. You got to be a cheerleader. You got to be a realistic realist. You got to be able to you know, uh, uh, talk about value. And you know, perfect example, I remember a couple years ago, I was walking into a, uh, an inspection and literally I was five minutes late, but you know, the house was open, the broker, there was another broker there, the buyer was there and I, uh, I walked in and all of a sudden the buyer came up to me and he says, I'm, I'm ready to cancel this transaction. And it was a wealthy guy, it wasn't like he was buying his first home, it was a million dollar plus property. And quite frankly, he had cold feet. And he had a broker that came from out of the area, that knew nothing about the local market, but I'm sure did a great job as far as, you know, some of the other stuff. But ultimately didn't know the market, didn't know the, couldn't justify the value. And, uh, you know, he and I sat down at the coffee table and we just talked for about 45 minutes to an hour. And he just needed to be resold. And we talked through it. And I always tell the end of that story, we finished the inspection. The inspection went fine. It was a town on the water. Uh, and he ended up writing a second deposit check that day. And so it went from starting to me walking to the door where he's running for the hills to he just needed to be sat down, spoken to, uh, and, and 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 made at ease. So in that situation, I just needed to be a little bit of a cheerleader. You know that transaction. a robot could do that? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and, you know, and even like, you know, and, and, and assuming it just... You know, this business, to be, you gotta be able to read people and situations, and I always say, well, I'm more of a problem solver. I look for problems before they come up. And, you know, another another example is, you know, I had a recent inspection a couple years ago. It was a single lady, just got divorced, buying a couple million dollar home. The house inspected beautifully. But in her mind, she, we were, you know, wrapping up the inspection, the inspector kind of, you know, they list off, you know, a bunch of little things. And you know what, if you haven't either done this or, you know, in the home, maintenance, you know, all these things could be overbearing. And I would bet, quite frankly, there probably wasn't things that probably totaled more than 1500 hours. And I could just list, I could watch, her face was turning red. And immediately, I cut right in. And without even speaking to my client, because ultimately, I just want to get the thing done. And we're talking a couple million dollar transaction. Her name was Ann. I said, Anne, I said, look, I said, I know this is really important to you. When you leave here today, you tell me every single thing you want taken care of. And I will personally take, co- take care of it, I'll make sure it's done, and we'll do a walkthrough that you're 100- Immediately, all the stress went away, yeah. and that transaction happened. But it's just, you, you have it, to you read gotta be, people. You gotta be able to read, and, and there's a lot of different ways that, that can come about. So, uh, I don't think you're ever going to take that. To, to be successful in this business, it's all about the person. And uh, I can tell you, I can think of so many transactions that would not have happened if you didn't have the, the successful people in this business, I always say, houses sell themselves. You, you and I can't make someone love a house. We can justify value and finishes and details and those kinds of, but I can't make you love it. But the real successful brokers in this business, the ones that when you see consistently their names next to solds, is because they know how to manage people and they know how to get things done. And that's really where the, that's the difference maker in this business is. When I see an agent I've never met with, but I see their names consistently on, on, a, on a bunch of solds, I know they know how to manage, they know how to read people, and they know how to get things done, and that's ultimately how this business is done every day, in my opinion. No,
0: absolutely. Um, so, in the in the luxury market, I'm sure it's very, uh, as we talked about, pretty competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, are you know, do you see, are you flexible with your commissions? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, do you provide? Or consistently prove your value is it you know our sellers are sellers in the two three five million dollar and up um, marketplace are they asking for reduced
1: commissions well there's a couple things I've always said and you know this is kind of a thing that uh, you know some people in my business would find hard to say I always I'm not driven by commissions that that's the first thing I'm driven by I, I just like to get the job done every single time at the same time I know what my worth is or my perceived worth and you, you just don't, you know, that should be worth something to somebody. But at the same time, most importantly, a, a, another key attribute to be successful in real estate is you have to be flexible on every level. And commissions is one of them. And you know what, if, if I always say, look, if, you know, typically they talk to two or three people and if they come back and I say, you know, you uh, you know, I, you know, we liked you, but ex-broker did five, you know, uh, reduced the commission somewhat. You know, why wouldn't you do it? And uh, whether it's two and a half or 3%, you know, quite frankly on the type of numbers that we're talking really, really isn't a big deal. And the other thing too is, you know, when you're building your name and brand and getting out there, you know, if my sign's not on that property, someone else's will. And to me that's market share and that's value. So I think you need to I, I think you need to be flexible, uh, and you do what you gotta do to get it done. And when it comes ultimately to getting the transaction done, you know what at that point then it's a different comfort that I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do I'll do I'll do whatever it takes. It's, it's, and uh, you know, I've done some very aggressive Uh, commission splits but uh, ultimately you get it done you move on it's another success story it's another satisfied customer and quite frankly too many people are in our business are focused on the commissions the money i'm focused on the relationship and getting the job done and i can tell you my phone rings consistently because as much money as i send spend you know i've spent over twenty thousand dollars a month in real estate marketing but you know what? If I if you ask me where my calls are coming from, it's repeats, it's referrals, because you build a name and a reputation. This guy's different; he's not chase. He'll do whatever it takes to get it done. You know, those are good things that you can hang your hat on. So, uh, ultimately, you know, get it, you know, get it, you know, get get it done. You don't. It, it's worth market share. The commissions will happen by themselves. But there's no commission made if your name isn't on the property.
0: So, last two questions. Um, one question I'm always interested in because you know, not many people work the market. Yeah. Um or maybe some people, you know, want to work it, but the, mm-hmm. they don't really work it successfully. Mm-hmm. You know, how is the Manalpin market? Why is it so different? Why is it so expensive? I mean, I know it's obviously on a, you know, uh, you know it's only a, a short, um, you know, on the, on, the, on the ocean. But, you know, why is it so successful? Like, there's like this little pocket that's just so
1: expensive.
0: Yeah. You know, what is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's probably as close to Palm Beach without mm-hmm. being at Palm Beach for a fraction of the cost. And, you know, you can take a look at any of the listings, whether they be on the ocean front or, you know, we just recently sold, our team sold, uh, you know, 1545 lands End. It was a beautiful 8,000-square-foot home on the intercoastal, on the wide water. It sold for $5.5 million. That home in Palm Beach could be up to, I don't know, 15 $16, 17000000 million. So as, as expensive as you say it is, for being 15 minutes up so there, uh, you know, it's a very small, affluent town, has its own se- security, own police force. Uh, 95% of the homes are on uh, on, on the water. Uh, you know, you look at uh, it, you know, some of the residents are, you know, uh, bill- billionaires and CEOs and, you know, very, very, you know, and also some people just want the privacy. Not everybody wants to be in Palm Beach, uh, you know, so you look at the value, the, uh, uh, the, the security aspect. Uh, it's very, very private, it's very, very upscale uh, and uh, uh, it's, it's a little bit off the beaten path but you're close enough where if you wanted to go to Atlantic Avenue and Delray Beach, if you wanted to go to Palm Beach, you, you've got options and you're just a quick little ride up up, up, up a, A1A. So uh, as expensive as you say it is compared to the other markets, you know, a, a Palm Beach buyer might get a little sticker shock when they're driving around Palm Beach this weekend and say, geez well, that, that, that intercoastal home is 12, 15 million, you know, then all of a sudden they say, well, you know, let me start looking at other areas and then Manalapan immediately, it's one of those towns that comes right to the top, so.
0: Sure, and when you look at Manalapan, and then, you know, obviously you got Lantana, um, you know, do you ever get the, somewhat of a, you know, some negative feedback because it's so close to Lantana, and you know, people may Do or may you not know want to leave here's what I always say
1: to that because you could say the same thing in Palm Beach sure. because as soon as you drive over the Palm Beach Bridge you're in West Palm Beach and some of the areas especially when you go uh, west of Dixie for example are literally just within a two blocks of Palm Beach so it's really the same thing you could say it so I think what I'm saying is all those luxury markets it's it's not typical you know uh, uh it's that that be, all the way no, through no, yeah. Exactly, yeah but once you get over the bridge you know you're in your own your own little world and yeah, uh that's great you know they're beautiful areas to, to, to live. So um what do we not
0: know about Steve Preston that you just you would care to share?
1: Um you know I tell people there's two things that, you know I I I uh I love this business, and uh, you know I have two yeah, two but we yeah no no but I, you know there's two things <laughs> that really you know i uh, I love my business, and you know I love I have two boys, and uh, you know to me one of the luxuries of this business is, and you know when you've been doing this, you know you you know I work seven days a week, you know I, I answer my phone at 10 o'clock at night, I return emails, I'm an animal, I can't give it up, I can't let it down, but you know but at the same time this business has given me a ton of flexibility where I get to you know, go to 95% of my kids' uh, sporting events or school functions, and, and uh, you know, to me, they're, they're the things that are re- you know really, 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 really important. Uh, Absolutely. You know, uh, other than that, I don't run the, the 40-yard dash as fast as yeah. I used to, <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, this business has been good to me. Oh, and, it's, uh, it's uh, amazing.
0: And, uh, yeah. So, in, in summary, you know, essentially, you know, relationship building, uh, you know, being consistent with your relationship building, you know, if you don't like to do paperwork, you know, delegate it. If you, you know, make sure that you're doing what you love to do, because this business is such a, a difficult thing. And I think all of those things really, really helped and uh, hopefully added value to our viewers. And um, Steve, I couldn't thank you very much. Uh, thank you enough to uh, come on and, and share these great things, uh, you know, very successful, very uh, respected luxury broker. And uh, we've you very much. Thank you coming on Breakfast with no. the Broker.
1: No, I also just want to say that, uh, you know, David, before we met, uh, I immediately knew that uh, you get this business and you like it because as busy as you are building your business, right, you're out there interviewing and promoting different people in the business with different firms, and you do it because you value that relationship. And quite frankly, I'm sure there's a lot of people who probably said to you over the years, well, why do you do that? They don't get it right? They don't get it. They don't get it. This business is about relationships. And man, we're all, you know, we're all trying to work together. So when I see someone out there that takes the time to run around and get to know other agents and give them a little shout out or a spotlight, I, I think that's really cool. And uh, you do it for the right reason. So uh,
0: good stuff, man. I, I Thank you. And uh, yeah, we, we perpetuate professionals that work together in this industry. as As you said, we're not we're not competitors, you know. We uh, we're relationship builders, and it, you know, when uh, you show one of my listings or I show one of your listings, you know, it, it's a welcome event, and it's like, hey, you know, I know that we're going to get the deals done, so we appreciate it. So, thank you very much. Breakfast with the broker every Tuesday morning at nine a.m. Uh, thank you very much, Steve uh, from Corkin Group, and we'll speak to you soon.